You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up and welcome to episode 18 of Bust and Loose Baseball. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can get us. Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Pods, so on and so forth. Just Danny Ruye today. Producer Darius will be with us here in a little bit as well. Whole bunch of fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to go in depth on a slightly less than kind review of the Nationals farm system. We'll talk draft, which is coming up here pretty soon for the Nats. It's a key year for that, for this organization. Talk Josiah Gray. We'll get some uh, fair or foul from Darius. We'll also do some reader comments from you guys. More listener comments than reader comments. Whatever. The point is, it all gets started here on Bustin' Loose Baseball right now. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Want to thank you guys for checking out this episode of Bustin' Loose Baseball. I am Danny Gruye. Darius Dameron will make us sound good throughout this episode. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing with your friends and even your enemies. Your enemies can listen to us too. At Funny Danny on Twitter, let me know what you want to hear. You can tweet Grant H. Paulson as well. Guess, subject ideas, anything on your mind when it comes to the Washington Nationals. We want to hear it from you because we want to serve you, our listening audience. Always appreciate folks that have taken the time to download and again, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey app, Great place to do it. You can check out our regular show, Grant and Danny. Also, uh, a bunch of other podcasts that are available for you. Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever you guys get them. That is cool with us as long as you are listening and spreading the word. Got an episode for you this week that a little bit nitty-gritty, a little bit nerdy. Uh, Fangraphs, one of my favorite sites when it comes to baseball information. GP's a baseball savant guy. I'm a Fangraphs guy. I think both can exist. You can have two people that are attractive. Nobody has to decide between Henry Cavill and uh, and Chris Hemsworth. Both can be super handsome superhero guys. That's all I'm saying. Different universes. I'm a uh, Fangraphs guy. And Fangraphs went through and reviewed minor league systems uh, kind of in their comprehensive way. So you get these Baseball America or, or different scouting services that do they'll rank this farm system or, or this prospect list number one or number 27 or 17 or whatever. And sometimes those are subjective, right? Like a prospect could be at the major league level, but he still sort of counts for one of those uh, type lists. Well, baseball, uh, excuse me, fan graphs has their sort of comprehensive 
list about what are these guys really? What is their future value? And that's the, 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 the way they sort of designate these farm systems. Future value is their future major league scouting grade. You hear Grant and I talk about this all the time, the 2080 scale. For frame of reference, when scouts came and saw me play in college, there were a lot of 20s on their list in terms of ability, makeup, athleticism, whatever. And they basically said, no, not a prospect. And there's a big red X across the screen when it came to me. And that was the right evaluation. For these guys, though, talking about future major leaguers, you get 50. 50 is an everyday major league player. It's an average player. 45, role player, bench player. 40 is a guy that can sort of fill out a roster and then on down. 20 is an organizational guy, someone that hangs out until he's 27, 28 at single A, helping some of the young kids. Basically like your, your, uh, you know, your Crash Davis if he wasn't particularly good in, uh, in Bull Durham, right? Those are the organizational guys. All the way up to st- all-star, 60. 65, 70, these are top 10 players in the league, 70 plus, you're talking about a top five Hall of Famer, unbelievable superstar in his prime. So they're talking about the future rankings of these players. One national tops 50. One national in the organization right now this minute tops the 50 mark. 50, as a reminder, is the everyday major league player. That's saying something. One guy right now in this organization, you can probably guess who it is, he's knocking on the doorstep, he's going to participate in the Futures game for the second year, is Cade Cavalli. He's viewed as a 55. Now, I'm going to say this quick caveat. The Nationals and their scouting department, guys like Mike Rizzo and, and, and folks in their organization, would probably disagree with these assessments. Okay. I'm just giving you what Fangraphs has given you, and I'm you know I'm not I don't claim to be a scout. Uh, I I watch a lot of baseball just like you guys do, and I've seen reasons to be excited about guys like Brady House, reasons to be excited about guys like Christian Vaccaro, Jeremy De La Rosa, and even recently Jackson Rutledge who's put some things together, right? But they go in depth here uh, via Fangraphs. They even distinguish if a guy is going to be a single inning relief pitcher, a long relief pitcher, a starting pitcher, you know, what position he might project to play uh, in the major league. So right now, Brady House, for example, is a shortstop in the minors. They project him as a third baseman, which kind of changes his value. If he could stay at short, all of a sudden, he hits the way that he does, he becomes that much more valuable, right? That's just sort of the, the you know, part of the scouting uh, combination there. So one guy, Kate Cavalli, is viewed as plus. One guy, Kate Cavalli, is viewed as above average in this minor league system in the future for his value for the organization. It just shows you where the struggles have been. It shows you that this, while they've done really well in international scouting, think of the Juan Soto, you know, I know we can treat Victor Robles as kind of a punchline at times, and he said some unfulfilled promise, but you beat the Bushes, didn't cost you a draft pick. This is someone that started in center field on a World Series team and you know was a plus defender, just has not come around offensively at the plate. The draft is this month for the Washington Nationals, and we'll do a little bit here where we deep dive into some of the prospects as, as we kind of get closer. Grant does his wonderful show on Sirius XM where he has a Major League Baseball prospect show, so he's way more plugged in on some of these guys than I am, certainly. But I thought it'd be instructive to go back and look and to kind of explain what I'm talking about here as to why they're in the state that they're in. The Nationals might quibble with an individual grade or two. They might tell you that, no, 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 you guys don't, you don't have it right about, I don't know, uh, Jeremy De La Rosa, who's at A-ball, tearing the cover off the ball right now. He's a 55 one day in the Major League, so he'll be an average starter. Or you guys don't have it right about... You can pick it. Evan Lee, we think he'll develop a third pitch. Or Yohan Adone, who's wearing it at the major league level. No, no, no. He, he, you know, he pretends to be something else. Totally fine. You can quibble with individual stuff. But you can't sit there and tell me at this stage that this Nationals farm system is rich with future plus major league talent. Right? I think that's okay, by the way. 
I think that's okay. That's what they're trying to change. That's what they're working on. That's what the purpose of of the uh, of the trade last or the myriad of trades last summer was all about. Ship and Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and, and everybody else in between that wasn't bolted down was to replenish this system. You need more fifties. You need more guys that are you know potential role players, part time starters, guys that you can be okay with. Not everybody can be an all star. Not everyone gets to be the Dodgers or the Yankees. You know, have just absurd uh, amounts of money and resources committed to every position. If one doesn't pan out, you just spend on the next guy. Not everybody gets to play by those rules. So the Nationals, the guys that would be filling out some of these roles right now, are pitching in the major leagues for other teams, be they Dane Dunning, be they Hazel Cesardo, be they Nick Pavetta. There's a bunch, a bunch of these kind of guys, right? You've got position players that have done that as well. That's what they did to keep their window open. The difference between them and, again, some of these teams that not only had a window open but had – unbelievable stars at the ready, it seemed like. Every time you turn around, well, they traded this guy, but they've got the next superstar waiting to step in. Think of the Braves and Spencer Strider. Think of the Dodgers and guys like Gavin Lux and and company, right? The difference between the Nationals and those teams is their guys late in the first round, where where you pick when you're successful, just simply haven't hit. It hasn't happened for them. That's been the unfortunate thing. you got to go back to 2011. 2011! For the last time, their first-round draft pick got to the major leagues, was really good for them, and this guy, turns out, was uh, the biggest reason, probably, outside of Steven Strasburg, they won a World Series. Some dude named Anthony Rendon, who's scuffling, by the way, in uh, in Anaheim, or Los Angeles of Anaheim, Los Angeles of Anaheim. I'm not even sure what they are anymore. But Anthony Rendon in 2011, a guy that slipped to them at number six. He shouldn't have been on the board. He was, had some injury concerns. He was just fine and dandy over here. Silver slugger. Superstar, World Series stud. He hits the homers. You know all about it. He was unbelievable in that run uh, in his contract walk year. Everybody got what they wanted out of that. You go from there. That's more than 10 years ago now. Listen to these names. Stop me when you find the guy that's made a huge impact for this organization at the major league level. 2012, Lucas Giolito. That was the centerpiece of the trade that got you out of meeting. So that's a win, right? That makes sense. 2013, they didn't have a first-round pick because they signed Rafael Soriano. i say that again. They didn't have a first-round pick because they signed Rafael Soriano. Jake Johansson, not the comedian, that's a comics comic, but the guy to Dallas Baptist University. 2014, Eric Fetty. That's the closest it's been to this. Closest it's been to the thing we're talking about. Fetty having a nice year, eating some innings for you. He's throwing his cutter more. He right now, I would say, is a league average, maybe even above average at times, Starting pitcher. That's valuable. That's helping them. 2015, Andrew Stevenson. There's an article, uh, I believe it was in the Washington Post here this week, about Stevenson trying to make it back to the major leagues because he's now no longer a prospect. He's older. He's tasted major league fourth outfielderdom, and he's having a nice season at AAA, but, you know, so what at this point? 2016, Carter Keboom. Yeah. 2017, Seth Romero. Ooh, gut punch. 2018, Mason Denneberg. Still working through his organization. I really think 2020 hampered him, by the way. that was uh, He's only thrown 20 innings, I think, um, back in 2019. So he's had the Tommy John, and he's you know starting to pitch again this year. Uh, but it's still you know a long way away. Jackson Rutledge is on this list, right, in terms of some of their top prospects. He's, he's number six overall viewed in this organization. A 40-plus is his grade. That's 
again, just below, uh, again, major league average or really useful players. A guy that could be on a roster, certainly, but he's viewed by the scouting service as a single inning pitcher, not something you want to have for a guy that's, you know, in a ball at this stage at 23 years old. Again, that's not the path to having transformative franchise players coming through the draft. 2020, Kate Cavalli, we just referenced, he's knocking on the door. That's where you start to see some of the success in Brady House 2021. Still way too early to tell, but a lot of promising signs. The guys they've selected in the first round each of the last two years are the guys that are viewed the best in this organization. Brady House and Cole Henry are the two 50s for this organization right now this minute. I think House has a higher profile than that, but again, I'm not a professional scout. These guys are, and you know about Cavalli. The draft is going to be huge for the next couple of seasons. Think about how they transformed. Think about how they got to where they got. I know signing Max Scherzer is an enormous deal. And previous regimes had your Jordan Zimmermans, your Ian Desmonds. But they changed the world here once you got Strasburg and once you got Bryce Harper back-to-back years picking number one. Thank goodness Seattle decided to win two out of three, I think, their final weekend. Otherwise, you wouldn't end up with one of those guys. I think it was the Strasburg year. But previously, it's Aaron Crow, it's Ross Detweiler, it's Chris Marrero. Nothing special out of there. The core of that team that started this great run in Strasburg, Bryce Harper, Ryan Zimmerman, 2005, first draft pick um, of the Washington Nationals organization, sort of forms the basis, right? Everything else kind of fills in. Shrewd moves by Mike Rizzo, whether that's getting Gio Gonzalez for a song, Wilson Ramos uh, for an aging Matt Capps, who had a nice first half that they converted into their everyday catcher for several years. A bunch of those kind of moves, the core of that, a couple of good draft picks. You need everyday punch, everyday success from it. It looks like Cavalli might be that. Brady House still a couple years away. That's how you get this organization back on its feet. It's not a great free agent signing. If Nelson Cruz had done what he was supposed to do this season and hit a bunch of home runs and and and, and been great, you're still a team that's at the bottom of the NL East. If you know Cesar Hernandez wasn't a guy that you know last year was a 20 homer bat. This year he's got none. Hasn't been really productive offensively at all, let's say he was okay. You're still a last-place caliber team. Let's say Patrick Corbin was having a great season. You're still probably a last-place team. You see the math. You see where I'm going with all this. You absolutely need to hit, to supplement, to add in layers of talent. Even if it's not for Major League players, it's for guys that can you know fetch you something else. Again, the, the, the one of the great trades in Nationals history, maybe the number one, was when they took Steven, Steven Souza, and made him part of a deal that got them Joe Ross and some kid named Trey Turner. Think about that. That doesn't happen every time. That's lightning striking in a way that, you know, they, they were just sort of minding their business and Tampa and San Diego were working out this deal. And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll get ourselves involved in that and get the two best players probably out of that deal. Ah, that's probably not fair, but two of the three best players out of the deal will end up here in Washington. That's rare. That's hard to do. What should happen when you pick at the top of the board, as they will this year and as they likely will next year, is you can find, you have a choice here. You can choose at the top of the board between your higher floor, maybe ready made big leaguer, or your couple years away, but super high upside type player. No wrong answer when you're trying to build. You have to consider other factors like maybe new ownership or wanting to, to, to give some better results to Juan Soto quicker. Maybe that influences your thinking if you think you can sign Juan Soto. It's complicated. It's why these guys get paid an awful lot of money to evaluate talent. But right now, this minute, that's the void. Okay, and again, I'm not picking on them. I, I, I try to offer the, the full balance. I know why we're here. You guys should too. That parade in 2019 kicked ass. 
those years where they were a 90, 93, 95, 96 win ball club were great. I know the playoff success wasn't there until finally 2019, but having a relevant and competitive baseball team, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. You can just ask the Phillies, the team that's beaten our, our brains in here this week. That you know, every time Kyle Schorper hits, it's it's a home run. He's like a, a movie character at this point. But ask them. They had their Doc Holiday, rest in peace, World Series teams with, with him and Cliff Lee and all the guys that they built up and Rollins and um and 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 Howard and everybody else, and they were great. They haven't come close to that success since then. They've been quite literally a 500 ball club. I think they're now a game or two over 500 over the course of 10 plus years. They can't get back to it no matter what, no matter how many Harpers and Castellanoses and Schwarbers they try to find, no matter how much they spend on pitching. It's always something with them. It's really hard to do this. And teams that make it look really easy, like the Yankees, again, like the Dodgers, or even the Cardinals, for example, those are model organizations. And that's what you strive for. You strive to be that good, but doing it on a limited budget, again, the Yankees print their own money, the Dodgers do too now, and finding a way to compete with those elite programs for for the Rays, it's a it's a math problem, right? Everything they're doing is based on uh, uh, the, the the executives with horn rim glasses and, and pocket protectors, and they find a way to be competitive each and every year, finding new ways to innovate. But for the most part, everybody else plays by the exact same rules. And the Nationals are now one of the have-nots when it comes uh, to their organization and the level of talent. They just don't have enough horses. One guy having a better year at the major league level, you know, if Juan Soto was doing normal Juan Soto things for the first half of the season, you'd still be, as I said before, kind of a last-place club just because they don't have enough. There are bright spots. I mean, look at what Josiah Gray did. I'm recording this here on Thursday. Josiah Gray yesterday, again, the only two, I wouldn't even call them mistakes, but you threw a pitch that, Kyle Schwarber could hit. That dude is white hot right now. He's doing the thing in uh, July that he did last June for the Nationals. Gave him their only winning month. He's been unbelievable. Other than that, Gray was ridiculous yesterday. The slider was snapping. Curveball was good. Fastball was exploding. I even saw a couple changeups in there. He befuddled a really good Phillies lineup. There are reasons for excitement. I think Cavalli is going to be better maybe than, than the folks at Fangraphs uh, happen to think. But that's that's just my own bias. Maybe that's wishing for those kind of things to happen. And this is a huge month for the Nationals. It really is because this draft has to be nailed. They've got to nail it next year's as well as they're probably going to you know, spin out of control and, and lose a bunch of uh, games here down the stretch. And the guys of this recording, second worst record in baseball, worst in the National League. That's all part of it, man. That's fine. you got to replenish, restock your system. And you also need some unexpected wins. You need the the guys that come up, and you don't know they're going to be that good. But maybe Jackson Tetro turns into something. Maybe you know Evan Lee is more than than, than you thought. Maybe Christian Vaccaro isn't a forty. Maybe he's a fifty-five when he gets to the major leagues in a couple of years. You don't know those kinds of things yet, and that's why you continue to play the games, why you continue to develop. But at this stage, this group has to start hitting home runs. Terrible pun by me. I apologize for that. In the draft, it just has to happen. They've got to get it right, and you're now sort of back against the wall. It's no longer a luxury. Nobody was bothered in 2015, 2016 when you went back and looked at some of their draft picks. Like no one was upset in 2017 when when Seth Romero was mucking about and getting himself suspended and and, and not being part of things. 2018, 2019, nobody's going, yeah, where's Seth Romero? Because the club was awesome. Because Max Scherzer was dealing. Because Steven Strasburg was kicking butt, right? Patrick Corbin was having his his uh, best or second best year for a team that was absolutely a World Series contender. Juan Soto was Sotoing. Adam Eaton, the top of the order. You know the story. You got stars upon stars. No one's sitting there going, well, why didn't Seth Romero work out? But now, 
Once those guys are gone, retired, playing for other other teams, you look up and you go, hey, whatever happened to Seth Romero? Hey, whatever happened to, uh, to Carter Keboom? Whatever happened to a guy that was supposed to be the everyday outfielder and Andrew Stevenson? And you realize that missing on those guys is just killer. That's how windows stay open. That's how teams maintain excellence. So there's my preaching. So the Nats minor league system, again, according to fan graphs, you got one guy in Kate Cavalli who projects to be an above-average major league player. He'll uh, be in the Futures game again. I uh, just saw that news. As well as uh, infielder Darren Baker, which is pretty cool. A nice little bit of symmetry. Those guys will get to play uh, in, in the Futures game. But other than that, you got to have some more guys pan out. you got to have more success in the draft. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. See you later. All right, little gear shift here. I want to mention uh, Josiah Gray, who last night, again, recording this on Thursday uh, of this week. What day is it today? The 7th? The seventh day of July? Sounds right to me. Uh, yesterday in Philadelphia, uh, Josiah Gray was nasty. Six innings, two earned runs, both on solo pieces by uh, Kyle Schwarber. Struck out 11 and only walked one. Uh, progress is not linear. We talk about this all the time, especially in a funky results-based game uh, like like baseball. And I talk to this about the young players that I work with all the time. I do a lot of the coaching and individual work with, with a lot of young players. And one of the things I always try to instill in them is, you know why they call them averages? In every other sport, it's a percentage, right? If you shoot a shot in basketball, you make it or you miss it. There's no percentage that it went down or 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 whatever. There's no average. It's a percentage. A percentage in uh, hockey for goaltenders, it's a save percentage. It's a percentage of completions in, in, in football. In baseball, it's an average. And the reason is, it's not a percentage of time you get base hits. It's these things average out. And that's one of the distinctions I always want to offer. You can hit 10 pop-ups that fall in. You can hit 10 line drives right at people, especially in this era of defensive shifts. And you look at some of the uh, the ratios and some of the ancillary numbers besides ERA, besides win-loss record, and those tell a far clearer story a lot of times about what a guy's doing. So Josiah Gray's previous start, July 1st, he got hit around pretty good by the Miami Marlins. Gave up six earned runs at five and two-thirds, gave up ten hits, and you're going, up. Oh, bad start. Well, again, that's going to happen in this league. Guys that are really, really good have that. Guys that are bad have that. The difference is what do you do the next time out and what kind of surrounds that? What's the outlier? You have four or five, six starts like that. Okay, that's kind of who you are, right? Patrick Corbin of late, for example, has had two really good starts in a row. I got a pretty big sample that says that's probably not who Patrick Corbin is. I got a sample for Josiah Gray where you go back into the month of June, he gave up three earned runs in the month of June. Three over four starts. That's pretty damn excellent. You go over his most recent start against Philadelphia, right? As I said, he was outstanding last night. And your outlier is what? Your outlier is the game where he gave up six runs, got shelled, struck out six, um, and, and walked a couple guys, had 12 base runners in five and two thirds. That's your outlier. You're starting to see him being able to make adjustments, him being able to tinker, to come back and be stronger after bad outings. The bad outings are absolutely going to happen. They happen for the best in this game, and they happen for the worst. The difference is those bad ones. 
tend to be more often if you don't really have another trick in your bag, right? I mean, you could think about all the starters that have come through here in, in Washington for so many years. Uh, one of my favorite guys, just dudes to be around, was Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark knew who he was. He knew that he wasn't going to outstuff people. He knew that he shouldn't be in the major leagues, but yet there he was going every fifth day, sometimes being in relief, sometimes you know starting 30 games. Whatever the team needed, he was going to do that. Well, there was a time where he didn't have his sinker. He just didn't have it, right? And later on in his time with the Nationals, he just couldn't get that sinker located, couldn't throw it with confidence. So what he started to do was try to be too fine, try to be too pinpoint. And then he would get ball one, ball two, because he knew if he threw a cookie, he knew if he challenged somebody with his regular fastball, it was going to get tattooed. He knew that his stuff wasn't particularly great anymore, right? And so the reason I bring him up is not to pick on Tanner Roark. Again, he is a success story. The reason I bring him up is when there's no counterpunch left in the bag, that's what you get. When there's no, I know what else I can do. I can, for example, in Gray's case, I can snap my slider a little bit more. I can get less break on a slider, throw it a little bit harder. Or I can throw my curveball. Or I can supplement it with this changeup. Or I can move my fastball higher in the zone. Because the stuff's good enough. You have counter punches in the bag. Guys that, that don't end up, you know, getting beaten out of this league, quite frankly. They end up other places. They end up as pitching coaches. They end up as as guys that talk about the game on television. They end up like me, pudgy and uh, talking about glory years that were 25 years ago that weren't even that good. Gray has counter punches. Gray has evolution. I Again, I, I've said this a million times and people think I've been, I, I'm too lofty about it. That's totally fine. I'll wear it. I think if he develops a good changeup, I'm not talking about Johan Santana in his prime or you know, Steven Strasburg or Devin Williams in, in Milwaukee. I'm talking about a, a major league quality changeup, a guy, one that's just fine. I think he can be a top of the rotation star. I really do believe that. I think he's a changeup away because that extra look, just to change the eyeline of the hitters, it'll make that four seamer ride a little bit more, and it, it gives guys something else to worry about. If you can have something that that looks like that fastball, but just kind of wilts and dies, look like it goes through water a little bit, just one more look, I really do think it'll be really, really tough to square him up. But I'll tell you this, there are games like last night that it's really, really tough to square him up as it is. That slider was unbelievable last night. At times it's been the curveball, at times it's been the slider. It's it's amazing he's got that kind of feel for a guy that hasn't really been pitching all that long. So tip of the cap to Josiah Gray. Long gone! Speaking of tips of the cap, that didn't make any sense. That was a terrible transition. Let's bring in our producer, Mr. Dare Stammerman, who's got some fair or foul for us here this afternoon. Danny, how are you, my good friend? I'm good, buddy. Good, good. Well, I got some fair foul questions for you. Are you ready? Let's do it together. I said it again. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> still am. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, question number one, Luis Garcia. All he's done since he's been up here is hit 300. But I feel like he's misplaced in the lineup. Fair or foul, Danny. Luis Garcia is best suited for the two spot right ahead of Juan Soto batting third. Well, it's a great question. I, in this lineup right now, for a team that's not going to win that many games, I'm going to say fair, and here's why. I want as much Luis Garcia as I can get. With all due respect to Lane Thomas or Cesar Hernandez or anybody else, the most exciting thing going on with this team right now is Garcia putting bat to ball. Again, look at, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, look at last night, just absolutely tattooed a ball uh, that ended up being the game-winning base hit. I thought it was for this gone. Team. I it thought so too, smoked. to be honest with you. He absolutely, he just maybe hit it too hard if that's the thing. <laughs> um, he needs experience. He needs to be in a marquee role where he has to ha- improve his plate discipline. 
Right, right now, hitting at the bottom of the order, or you know, sometimes he's been up. I think as high as fifth or sixth. I mean, it's it's been a, a you know throw darts at the board at times for Davey, but for somebody in his position, he needs to be pitched around at times. He needs to improve his strike zone discipline because right now there's kind of a contract that's going on. He's at the bottom of the order. He's just going to get pitches to hit, and the and pitchers are just trying to get through as many pitches and as many innings as possible. If he's in a more marquee spot where guys have to bear down, maybe you know, throw more stuff that starts a strike but moves off the plate, he's got one walk at this stage. That's unbelievable through 129 at bats, and he I can't I can barely remember some three ball counts. He doesn't give the pitcher a chance to walk him at this point. His bat to ball skills are ridiculous. He is a major league hitter right now this minute. The next evolution in his game. I'm not saying he's got to be Juan Soto and lead the league in walks, but some. You know, like occasionally he's going to need some. And I think to me, putting him in a more important spot of the order, whether that's two, whether that's three behind Soto, whether that's five, whatever you want to do with him, I want more influential marquee at bats for Luis Garcia to help his experience. Because with all due respect to those other guys, his development more important to me than, than Cesar Hernandez doing anything. I couldn't agree more. If you're looking at baseball reference, looking at his page here, he is one of uh, very many Luis Garcia's in the league right now. But I found the correct one. In his uh, last 356 plate appearances, he only has 10 total walks. So, yeah, he does need more opportunities to get walks, and I think putting him in a two-spot will get him that. All right, let's uh, go back to Josiah Gray here for question number two. You were just speaking him up a little bit here earlier on the podcast. Uh, We got a tweet here by our buddy Matt Wayrick of NBC Sports Washington. He said, Josiah Gray is on pace to be the first qualified pitcher in Nationals history, age 24 or younger, to have a K by 9 over 10 and a walk by 9 under 4. Fair foul, Danny. Is Josiah Gray your 2023 opening day starter? Oh. Oh. I thought you go, does he end up with those ratios? (laughs) Look at that. Uh, I'm going to say it's fair. I'm going to say it's fair. And the hope, if you're a Nationals fan, and if you're, if, you're, if you're me or anybody else listening to this podcast, you would say that that's foul. Because with all due respect to Josiah Gray, you want them to go out and spend. You want them to go out and get somebody. Whether that's, you know, Kate Cavalli blossoms, I mean, that'd be amazing. Or Patrick Corbin has continues this renaissance he's had his last couple starts. You hope that there's a better candidate than the young stud who's here and, and he's been really, really damn impressive. We were just talking about that. And those ratios, I didn't actually have those in front of me. That's outstanding. You hope that they end up with someone else, but my bet is they're not going to spend next offseason or th- this coming offseason on somebody that will be a marquee pitcher. And a marquee pitcher may not want to do the Nationals dance. He may, you may not be able to find a guy that's a free agent, that's a high-priced guy, that could be an opening day starter caliber dude that's going to want to do what Jason Worth did, which has helped transform an organization that was kind of considered and also ran into a legit contender that was bona fide. So my guess is he ends up being your opening day starter in 2023. Good question by you. Absolutely. Question number three, we're going to go to Nelson Cruz. It's it's not been the greatest season for Nelson Cruz. He has put up some RBI numbers here and there, but the power numbers are just abysmal compared to what he's done in his career so far. Fair or foul, Danny, Nelson Cruz's power outage results in him staying with the team through the rest of the 2022 season. I'm still going to say it's foul, but it's not going to get the return that we want. And that's what I'm pretty upset by. Uh, just sort of looking at it again. This is this is a dude that has a track record. The the home runs are not fluky. This is a guy with you know 500 homer caliber power over the course of his career. And I think he may have hit a wall going back to the second half of last season. The power numbers simply weren't there, and this year he just has not hit for power. He got off to that miserable start, uh, hitting a buck 55 through April and March, the first five six weeks of the season. And since then he's been putting bat to ball, taking his base hits. That's all fine and dandy. I don't care about that. 
I, I need the ball to go over the fence. I need And I need somebody, whether that's an opposing scout or somebody else, to say, it's still in there. He's just doing this one little mechanical thing that's leading to a bunch of ground ball contact. Or, or that's why this ratio is out of whack. The ball needs to be in the air, and he needs to hit it over the fence, and he needs to get hot now because that trade deadline is sprinting towards us here like a, like a high-speed train down the track. Yeah, if you don't count the 2020 season, which, of course, was shortened, uh, Nelson Cruz hasn't hit less than 30 home runs since 2013, where he hit 27. And right now, he only has eight. That's not a great pace, I would say. Question number four, we've been playing a lot of division games lately. We've got a few more coming up in the next couple of weeks. Listen to these records here, Danny. Mm. 1-12 versus Miami so far this season. And it feels worse than that. It feels worse than that. Yes, it does. 2-8 and eight versus the Mets. 2-4 and four versus Atlanta. 2-5 and five versus Philly. Fair or foul, Danny, Nats will finish with a worse record versus Miami than they will versus the other NL East teams. Fair. It's fair. Every, it, this is one of those weird things. This happens in baseball. They got, they got off to a great start, by the way, going 1-12 and 12 against them. <laughs> if they win the rest of their games against them, they'll still end up with a, with a pretty poor record. And, and, you know, you give yourself still a shot just by going off, getting off to that start. But there's always this – this is a weird thing in baseball. It happens in football, too. You know, us on the outside – Watching other cities play may not be privy to it, but there was a time where I just trying to think of an example where no matter what, the Dodgers just couldn't beat the Giants. And it just drove them crazy. That seems ancient history now. But that was just a thing. It was like no matter what happened, it was they'd always pull one. And you think of the, the Nationals going to New York and playing the Mets. There was a there was a time where it just didn't matter who was on the bump. It didn't matter who was there. They were going to beat the Mets in New York, despite the fact that the Mets are pretty good, just no matter what. It's one of those things. Right now, it's happening. It's not just Sandy Alcantara who should be the open, who should be the National League starter in the All Star game. By the way, with He's all due respect phenomenal. to Tony Gonsolin, he's unbelievable. It's not just facing him. There's a dude I think it's Trevor Rogers who doesn't have any other positive stats at any point in time except in his like three starts against the Nationals where he's three zero with like a one five. Those numbers are arbitrary. I made up the ERA stuff, but he shoved it on them. He can't pitch against anybody else. This is just one of those things. It's happening. Just let it happen. The Marlins are going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to predict sixteen and three against the Nationals this year. Oh my goodness. Oh, I hate to hate to hear that. Um. All right, and then the final one. We'll do this one. A little bit of fun on this one. Next homestand is Star Wars Day. There's a Star Wars Day on July 16th at Nationals Park. That's correct. I'm going to show you a picture here, Danny, and then I'm going to ask you fair or foul. The Juan Solo bobblehead is the best bobblehead in Nationals history. That's fair, and it's not close. <laughs> um, the Sean Doolittle, Obi-Wan Sean, oh, uh, Obi-Wan Sean one. Kenobi was really, really good. This one's outstanding. This is um, 100% Han Solo holster, blaster, vest, uh, and then obviously it's it's Soto, except it's Juan Solo. It looks perfect, <laughs> quite frankly. I'm gonna need seven. Yeah. <laughs> who, I, who, I don't, who do we talk to? What I don't ask for favors over there, right? I like I've I've got I try my best just be a good dude that doesn't like over rely on people, doesn't do last minute stuff. I try to never call in favors. I now would like to call in a favor. I need I need one of those in every room in my house, please. I need so my son's gonna want to take one. My youngest son's gonna take one. I probably break one. I need one for display. One for keepsake that's going to stay in the package, and then like three other backups. I need so many of those. Now I need to clarify it. Uh-huh. Do you, are your sons going to want it because it's Juan Soto, or your sons going to want it because they're Star Wars guys because their dad has made them Star Wars guys? Great question by you. One just likes bobbleheads. Okay. The that's youngest will want it because the oldest has it. Very. Fair. And he won't even want his own. He'll want what 
his brother has. So then we'll probably have to do a switcheroo. There'll be tears. It'll get sma smashed and broken. Again, that's why I need so many. I need so many of those things. That's right, awesome. That's and that is fair or foul on this week in Bustin' Loose Baseball. Good fair or foul by you. Uh, now it is time. We do this. We try to do this every Thursday. Sometimes you guys don't write nice things to us. but And that's fine. You don't have to. We just like you to. So we are... Um, what am I trying to say? We have a very low threshold here. We're, we're very loose morally. You, we can be bought, is what I'm saying. We, we don't have a lot of integrity. If you review the show and say something nice, we'll shout you out on the show, right? So it's a thing that everybody wins. We feel good about ourselves, like we're not just in a room that's a little too hot, talking about nothing to nobody. We'll actually feel validated. You can hear your name or your username read on the air. It's a nice thing for everyone involved. So, Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever you get them, leave nice reviews, and we will shout you out. So, Darius, tell me, please, do we have one this week? Danny, last week we shamed the folks. We, we shamed the listeners of Bustleless Baseball. A little bit. Danny, they turned out. They turned out in droves. That's what I'm talking about. They turned out in droves. Yeah. Shout out to the folks that listen to Bustin' Loose Baseball. What's up, folks? Uh, I got a couple of I got a couple of reviews here. We'll save some for next week, but I got a couple I'll read here. Uh, this one here is from Gary Busey24. Gary Busey, listening to the podcast. Hey, Gary Busey, I like <laughs> I like I like stars. I like them when they're in my breakfast cereal. I like uh, if I had a pig, he could fly inside my eye space, and I would use it. To be part of my own consciousness. I did not know you had that in Sneaky your... Gary Busey. Wow. Sneaky that Gary was spectacular. Busey. By the way, that's not 90s Gary Busey, who's like, Utah, best meatball subs in town, around the corner, give me two. That guy from Point Break. That's different than current Gary Busey, who's basically inside of his own uh, studio recording with no light zone. <laughs> Got it. You uh, just say stuff and trail off. It's the best. Exactly. Shoelaces. <laughs> Gary Busey 24 says, uh, titles the, the review, Great Nats Content. He says, I've been a Grant Danny listener for years as mm. a Nova native. They are entertaining, knowledgeable, and have great chemistry that keeps me plugged into DC sports even after I've moved out of the area. The minor league interviews are fantastic, as it's always cool to get to know the guys that we hear about before they make it to the big TV screen. So thank you, Gary Busey 24. We Gary Busey 24. We appreciate you. The first 23 were taken. You took the 24th <laughs> one. Bless you, sir. Yep. And then I got, a, I got another one here. Uh, this one is from M.A. Jax 4. Uh, he titles the review, Best Podcast on Odyssey. Whoa. So, huge Grant and Danny fan from my time. Ooh, ooh, this is a long one. Whoops. <laughs> well, I'll get through part of this. It's here. like an Ed Hockley type <laughs> review explanation. Go for it. Huge G&D fan from my time in Northern Virginia, now residing in Texas. Oh, look at that. Shout out, shout out all the way from Texas. Hey, hey. This is the best listening experience, keeping me engaged in my love of baseball and all things nationals. Bringing the lower level farm system interviews and personalities tremendously helps with great hope for the future. GD's ability to break down the stats and happenings of the overall 162 plus the farm system is the best double play of information. Digestible while I drive for work and, and, and available at my convenience. Can't rave enough about how well these two work together with their on-the-air chemistry and relate baseball information to the uneducated fan like myself. I can't wait for the next episode and encourage everyone to schedule an appointment for this bi-weekly, yes, twice a week, Danny, is bi-weekly. Mm, thank you. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, as this pod comes out, keep up the great work. Virginia's doing great. Hashtag winning on and off the field. Look at Major Jackson Briggs. Look That's a Mortal that. Kombat reference. He was a uh, contemporary of Sonya Blade oh, in Mortal Kombat. So Jax has the, the mechanical arms. Absolutely. And his finishing move, the best one, he could do the clap. 
The clap is well, very violent. Now, when we say the clap, it's not the thing you guys are thinking oh, about. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, not that. it's the Major Jackson Briggs finishing move. Finish him. And he does the clap, and then your head explodes. So I'm sure you can do that. I appreciate the reviews. Nice stuff. Good review. Very, very when nice. We, when we embarrass ourselves and prostrate ourselves before you, begging for approval, you guys delivered. So thank you very much. And thank you as well for checking out this podcast. For Darius, for GP, who will be back with us, uh, it will be full, be full bore next week. I am Danny Ruye. Remember, be like MJAX, be like Gary Busey, and have chemistry inside your own teeth. Feel the flow. Listen to us. Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And let us know, at Greenwich Paulson, at Funny Danny, things that you guys would like to hear on future episodes of Bust and Loose Baseball. For this episode of Bust and Loose Baseball, we are out of here. Until next time, enjoy Nationals Baseball.